Sup witches, Phil here. Uh, I don't want to delay the start of season four any longer, so just a quick message to say that, uh, well, you may or may not know that we have recently launched another podcast, something completely brand new and still equally as uh, daft and strange as the one you're just about to listen to. It's called Truncheons and Dragons, and it's a fantasy role-playing comedy crime thriller podcast where me, Chris, Graham, and some of our other friends are going to be taking turns writing strange chapters of our unpredictable crime novel slash audiobook. Honestly, it's great fun. We get to play loads of really strange characters and who knows where this whodunit will go. That's the tagline. Uh, so uh, do check us out and I do hope you enjoy it. You can find us on Twitter at T&D Podcast. Or if you listen right to the very end of this episode, you'll find a few minutes there to give you a little taster of what you can expect from our brand new show. But yeah, it's Truncheons and Dragons. Whew. Anyway... Oh, it's been a while since we've done this. I am so looking forward to uh, kicking off this brand new season, even if this is the point where the show itself starts to decline. But enjoy anyway, and welcome back to season four of Sabrina the Teenage Watch. Hello and welcome to Sabrina the Teenage Watch, the podcast where three discombobulated, disenfranchised dudes review all 163 episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh, man, I've missed saying that. Uh, my name is Phil Dean and I'm your host and guide through this wonderful, magical journey that we've laid out before us. But I am not alone. I'm joined by my bestest greatest and might i say nicest smelling friends uh first of all it's mr graham riley hello graham hello phil i am enjoying the new audio setup indeed that we have since we started obviously we started all huddled around one microphone um in a in a shitty moldy terraced house now we're in a much nicer terraced house thank you and uh, we, me and Chris were sharing a microphone whilst um, your ego had um, ascended to such stratospheric levels that you demanded your own. Uh, me and Chris have uh, can no longer bear to look at each other, no. to um, contribute spit to the same microphone. We're at that stage now, I think. We're at, we're at the White Album stage. Yeah, we're yeah. all sort of going off doing our own thing. It's because you're in the terraced house. I'm actually at my uh, beach house in Malibu. Um, Chris is, I believe, in Dubai, and uh, yeah, um, this is all brought to you via the magic of satellite. And joined with us, live from Dubai, it seems, is Mr. Chris Evans. Hello, Chris. Hi. Hi. Oh no! Is it? Cop. Skype failed there a little bit. It certainly did. It's all right. I've got, I've got my uh, manservant Hume on it. So I think it's. Fair to say, really, that with most beloved shows and podcasts, season four is the make it or break it season. So, uh, well, as far as as far as I can tell from what we've read about the the wonderful seasons of Sabrina, this is the beginning of the end. It's, it is, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and uh, we've got microphone each. It's almost if, almost as if, we're all in our separate bubbles. Mm. Yeah. More on that. I think I've said it enough times already, but honestly, welcome back to the show. We're here for season four, and uh, you know the fact that you've joined us uh, for this long already is just—it's oh, just so humbling. It's greatly appreciated. Um, but I mean, uh, the show as a whole may decline, but hopefully our podcast won't. Um, I mean, particularly in this season, we'll say goodbye to some of our faves, but say hello to some new faces. Um, before we start this, should we have an in memoriam section? 
oh, say I, goodbye to those characters that are are no longer with us. Yeah, but I, I wanted to spread them out. Otherwise, uh, our season opener is going to be a very depressing episode. And also, we get explanations as to their absence, so we yes. can say goodbye to them as, as 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 their departure is explained to us. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, boys, you ready to just jump straight into season four? I think we know what we're doing by now. Uh, episode one is called "There's No Place Like Home." Uh, Sabrina goes away for a bit, realizes there's no place like home, and. I mean, that's about it, really. And that is the entire episode. Thank you so much for joining us. (laughs) (laughs) Season four opens on Hilda and Zelda getting things ready for Sabrina's 18th birthday. Hooray! Well, I mean, technically she should be 18 already because season two and season three kind of spanned over a year. Yep, we had two, was it two Christmases? Two Halloweens? Two Valentine's Days? Two Valentine's. Wow. Yeah, Yeah, why? Well, uh... But let's say there was magic that made her live the same year twice. The teen in question pops in to tell them that Libby is being sent off to boarding school. So you would assume she's written out of the season just like that, right? Well, unfortunately, boys, is a bit deeper than that. That's because, uh, well, that's it for Libby in the entire show. So I guess it leaves us at this point to say thanks for everything, Jenna Lee Green. So did not even there's not even like Sabrina goes to college and, oh, would you believe it? Look... Which college Libby's gone to? Don't no. even get that. Well, I'm I'm very sorry about that. I mean, you know, yeah, generally Green was always uh, one of the most uh, enjoyable parts of the show. Uh, very funny, very entertaining, and you know, every hero needs a villain. And um, I think she probably, in terms of fulfilling the villain role, was probably better at that than than yeah. Craft. Um, even though obviously Martin Moore was brilliant, and I'm pleased he's still around. And also, as as we've said before, uh, actually managed to actually break our hearts in um, a uh, an episode when we did actually a few episodes actually when we delved into Libby. So yeah, all altogether, all great character and a great performance. And um, I can only imagine that the show will be all the poorer. I mean, fortunately for us, we are introduced to a new character to take over from Libby. But yeah, there's a giant Jenna Lee Green shaped hole in my heart. There's... I just I want to know what happened. Was it a contract issue? Did she not want to do the show anymore? Did she get a better offer? Questions. There are so many questions, and sadly answers that will come only from Googling for fuck's sake. Which, I mean, we haven't bothered to do because we're too focused on our new kit. But uh, yeah, thank you very much, Jenna Lee Green. You will be missed terribly. As will Libby, the character, because... Well, I mean, there's something... There's just something about, I mean, it sounds very, very cliche in the TV show, but there is something genuinely um, special about Libby, I think. You know, she's so genuinely nasty, yet kind of relatable, I guess, with the, the target audience that the show's for. And this is something we don't get from Kraft as as, as evil and conniving and, you know, mean-spirited as, uh, as he is. He's just not on the same level as Libby, and I think because of that, uh, you know, that age and that similar relationship to Sabrina. But, yeah, you've made our show an absolute delight, despite being an absolute shite. In an effort to cheer them up, Salem reassures them that they've still got little old him, but they sob even more. Well, I find that's a little bit unfair. I mean, the bottom line is Salem's been there for goodness knows how long, and they should they should not count their chickens, as it were. Salem's been a, uh, a stronghold of their family in that house for longer than Sabrina has been. And he, they should look after Salem. Yeah. He is, after all, a house cat. So, speaking of sobbing, the iconic opening titles have been axed, and instead we're greeted uh, with every episode with bubbles and breathy people talking about secrets and magic. Yeah. I, yeah, I remember, yeah, as we've talked about before, I remember this title sequence. I remember being absolutely 
devastated when um, we got to season four um, when it was being shown on television. Yeah. I think when it used to be on SMTV, I, I remember being like, this yeah. is not on. Hashtag not my Sabrina. Why did they think Bubbles was a good idea? I mean, I might be wrong, but if I remember rightly, these opening titles are only around for one season and then and then they just get worse. But we don't, yeah, exactly, exactly, it gets worse. So, yeah, we, we never go back to the mirror gag. But, guys, I know we don't have a good track record when it comes to features. They're either terrible and we don't continue with them, or we just forget to do them. Uh, but here's one I think that would be uh, sort of genuinely really fun and quite easy to actually remember doing. Um, let's start a new feature where we write our own mirror gag. So, you know, we always talked about how naff uh, all the jokes were, so let's have a go at making our own. And honestly, um, knowing you two and myself, I know that that's not going to be hard to do. So, uh, yeah, let's write our own mirror gag at the start of every episode. Uh, for this one, naturally, uh, would you like to hear mine? Um, I've got a feeling that you won't let the show continue unless we uh, allow you to tell us. Yeah, no, he's got, he, he, he's got... Phil, put that gun down. Okay, so imagine it, lads, right? Imagine, right? Uh, she's dressed as a horse. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Are we talking like pantomime horse or horse horse? Uh, I, I, th- I think she's dressed as an actual horse, you know, with, you know, with a face sticking out of the, of, of the neck of the horse. But there's, yeah. there's no other person... In the no, back, she's, no, she's the horse, horse. She's just with the, horse. the face in the neck of the horse. Yeah, right. A okay. very equestrian look. So yeah, so she's she's peering into the mirror, right, right. She's looking into the mirror, and she says, "I'm turning 18. So why the long face?" Okay, that's a mirror gag. Yeah, that's a mirror gag. Pretty oh. on brand. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yay or nay? Uh, oh, oh dear. Now it's a nay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh dear. Hey, it's hey, hey. Let's carry on. All right. Yeah. So uh, back, back, back to the main event. Okay. <laughs> We're upstairs in Sabrina's bedroom where we learn that Valerie's moving in with her because her parents are moving to Anchorage, uh, which made me think: is is Anchorage like famous for being safe? Um, it, Anchorage is the capital city of Alaska, so safe to say it's a fair ways away from um, hazards, I guess. Well, I mean, no, there's more hazards there. Yeah, there's, there's can... vampires, isn't there? There's, there's vampires, vampires and... there's huskies, yeah, there's uh, ice. cold ice, snow, blizzards, snowmobiles. Have you ever been trapped under a snowmobile? But I guess there's no bridges for Mr. Burkhead to <gasps> construct poorly. No, that's it. That's why they're moving to Anchorage. He's been exiled. <laughs> no, he's spearheaded. He's... He's spearheading the Alaskan Russian bridge. Ah, yes. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and um yeah, and that's where they're all going to come over to um interfere in our elections, which is definitely a, a thing that happens and not just something that liberals use to blame their failures on. <laughs> so Hilda and Zelda agree that she could stay with them to make sure Sabrina's last year at home is perfect. Uh, not for Salem, though. He's got to remain silent when she's around. So yeah, well done. That'll last long. Uh, Sabrina receives her first birthday present from her dad and surprise, it's her dad's torso in a box and not the Robbie Benson flavoured one we were used to in season one. Who's this Eric Roberts looking motherfucker? That's <laughs> not, that's not uh, Ashton. Tag not my Mr. Spellman. Um, I think he says that he works for the other realm, f- like foreign duty, foreign service. Um, but he's um, taking time off from the foreign service. Mm-hmm. Semi-retiring. Semi-retiring. Um, to spend more time with his uh, family. 
um, and um, like most absentee dads, is overcompensating with a um, you know abundance of uh, of spoils for his daughter in yeah. this episode. Anyway, he climbs out of the box like something out of the fucking ring to tell her that he's semi-retiring from the other realm foreign services, and he and Gail, one point for continuity, live in Paris now. So Sabrina should live with them. Continuity of her name, yeah, name only. I feel like that—that's a running thing. They're good at calling back and remembering characters' names, but um, not their faces. It seems Hilda and Zelda are obviously distraught, but promise each other that they won't influence his Sam's decision. Uh, we then remember that we're still in the late '90s, so it doesn't take long to welcome back to the show racist stereotyping, because. Uh, Ted says that their apartment is in the Eiffel Tower and she's like, oh, imagine how many Japanese photos I'll be in. Hey. Yeah, that's, that's, that's great, isn't it? You know, the Japanese are always, always going, no, no, other, no other nation does this, no, um, no. going going to uh, going to um, tourist sites across the world and taking pictures, the weirdos, of their holidays. God. Handsome Harvey rocks up with tickets, not for the Britney Spears concert, unfortunately, but car park passes as they have to listen to the concert from outside. I guess you could say there's definitely a lot of mental progression uh, with Harvey, so uh, yeah, well done, lad. And he, even even car park tickets for a Britney Spears concert were pretty sought after in 1999, <laughs> Indeed, I would imagine. Yeah. And is she playing at the Westbridge Bowl where um, Coolio once famously, um, famously graced? Then Harvey says, Sabrina, I have a feeling this is going to be the best year ever. Ever. And this is like this is like a theme that does roll on for the rest of the episode. We get a lot of characters saying, um, you know, that uh, this is going to be the best year. I can't. It's going to be amazing. And of course, the the joke is that every you know during the course of the day or few days that this episode takes place over, um, yeah, Sabrina kind of regrets saying that because things just get worse and worse. Uh, but uh, yeah, she says this is going to be the best year ever. And she then glances over to her dad, who's very upset and vacant. Um, so it seems like she's already made her decision. Um, we didn't touch on it earlier, but Hilda and Zelda keep doing this like smile spell, and it's not body horror, but it is not pleasant. Yeah, it's it it's, makes them look like they're the Joker's offspring. Yeah, yeah. yeah smile, though your heart is breaking, basically. Mm-hmm. So yeah, basically to yeah, just sort of grin and and through everything and not um not actually express the despair they're feeling. Also known as being British, so um I could relate to that uh, very well. In school, and a disgruntled maintenance bloke is chipping Mr. Kraft's name off his door as a new vice principal is starting today. And with no Libby either, Sabrina's year is already looking like the greatest ever. Uh, to spoil it, however, Harvey's best mate Brad has moved back from Texas, and when he meets Sabrina, he weirdly is disinterested in her and just blanks her. It's very rude. There was a weird sound. Did you catch the weird sound upon their meeting? So my first hypothesis was, oh my god, Brad's going to be a witch. And then I heard that weird sound and I was like, oh, maybe Brad's a witch hunter. Maybe, maybe. I've got another theory about that. I wondered maybe that, obviously, Brad, we don't know how long he's been away, but no. uh, clearly um, him and Harvey were close once. Um, and I wondered if maybe since Brad has been away in Texas and obviously... He's, you know, he's, he's he's maturing. He's he's, you know, finding himself um, as he reach, as he um, moves towards adulthood. Maybe he's realised that Harvey oh, isn't just my best friend. I, I love him. <laughs> so when he comes back and finds that uh, Harvey has a, uh, you know, has a best gal, yeah. he's not best pleased, and that's why he's so uh, so frosty. A witch, a witch hunter, or has latent homosexual feelings for Harvey. Yeah. Yep. And it's going to be one or the other. Guaranteed. <laughs> yeah, so, so we'll see which one it is. One or it the other. could be both. I'm sick of all the phobias shown towards 
towards uh, witch hunters in our society. I really am. Uh, there's nothing wrong with it. Back at home, Hilda and Zelda are packing away their potions so Valerie doesn't see them, as well as the magic toaster as Salem discovers where he sets fire to some parchment. Because there's a big fire with, with you know, with smoke and everything, and it, it's because it's it's just a regular toaster, uh, because, you know, Salem's clearly not used to just having toast. Uh, they had to get rid of the magical one uh, because, um, you know, Valerie's moving in, and he says, well, that's stupid. Best line delivery of the episode. Um, goes to, goes to Nick Mackay and the first laugh out loud moment Indeed. of season four. Well, what he's burning, um, it's it's like it's like an order or, or, or a receipt for a custom made king size cat bed, complete with, well, well, it says with fingers, but like giant fingers. Yeah, so that it can stroke him. Is that all? Oh, <laughs> Salem's asshole. <laughs> It's not necessarily where I was going, but it's definitely where those fingers are going. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so he's going to have a cat nap and... A bit of a cat I, nap, a cat I, nip, and a bit of a cat... Cat fap. Hey! <laughs> yeah. Back in school, and Brad really doesn't like Sabrina, and Harvey thinks it's all in her head, naturally. So they have an argument, and he heads to Brad's and bails on his date with Sabs. And before she can say, this couldn't get any worse, Mr. Kraft informs her that he is no longer the meagre weak vice principal that he once was and he's now the almighty all-seeing principal of Westbridge High. I feel like they could have done that delivery in a different manner. I feel like they could have really hammed it up and gone pure supervillain and like zoom slow zoomed in on his face slow close up and it's like I'm actually going to be the all-seeing all-powerful Thunderstrike principal. Yeah, that would have been nice. Don't want to tread on the toes of the demon headmaster, which I think was on the air at that time. <laughs> yeah, they finally got rid of LaRue. I'm guessing Kraft uh, dobbed him into the school board for not showing up to work for the last two years. I mean, he's allegedly been running things since his one appearance in, like, episode three, was it? The Rudy Kazuti episode. Um, obviously, the writers remembered him and realised he needs to be replaced. So, yeah, Principal Kraft. Um what I do like actually, boys, is it's this has been a really nice kind of subplot, one that's that's kind of been working behind the scenes that we've not necessarily noticed, but I think with this sort of outcome, it's generally greatly appreciated. I think it's it, it's just another um, you know another string on Mr. Kraft's bow, and you know the fact that he has now grown through this season, like many of our other characters. That uh, yeah, if this is the the last season that Mr. Kraft appears in, then um, the fact that he's he's reached his, his goal, which is to be principal. So you know, I, I you know I think it's it's a great addition. Uh, but yeah, so it's been running uh, behind the scenes for the past few seasons, and the drive and ambition of him becoming a principal, and you know, here he is, his proof. He's he's finally there. To cause absolute chaos. Well, yeah, because this is going to be her last year at Westbridge. It, yeah, I believe so. So last year in, in high school, right? Yeah. So it makes sense that in the last year, it's principal craft. Nice. Another another obstacle to overcome. Sabrina arrives home to find Hilda and Zelda are at the movies without her. And to make matters worse, now Valerie isn't moving in because she wants to stay with her family. It's a bit of a weird decision. But wait, will she come home to visit Sabrina, say goodbye for reals and return back to school? Ah, uh, don't hold your breath. Uh, but instead of sulking over her relationships and school, uh, she decides to move to Paris with her dad after all. So so real talk, are we done with Valerie? I mean, honestly, I don't know. So we'll, we'll just have to find out next week. Uh, like I said, I don't. we can't make this episode too much of a downer. So I'm just going to ignore you. So we are, but we won't talk about it until episode two. I'm going to ignore it. No, for crying out loud, this is why I said we needed to do the in memoriam at the start. Because if we'd done it, then we'd know. It's not a downer. We are celebrating 
these characters and these actors' contributions to the show. Okay. So, if that's the end of Valerie... <laughs> we need to know. She gone. She gone. Okay, well, I mean, you know, it's quite sad that... Because uh, I know we're losing Mary Gross as well. There's no more Mrs. Quick. Uh, may as well say that now. So basically, you know, all these, all these, um, you know, strong female characters, all these very funny uh, women who play them, um, are, yeah, are getting just struck off, you know, like Valerie, we saw her grow as a character, um, you know, Lindsay Sloan, I always thought was very funny, and again, somebody who, you know, you could really um, empathise with when mm -hmm. you needed to as well, unlike Jenny, who we barely got to know, like, yeah, we really got, you know, we really got, um, you know, comfortable Valerie, got fond of Valerie, and so yeah, again, it's sad to see her gone, especially since... There doesn't seem to be a replacement best friend, so... Um, oh, God, yeah. Sabrina is going to be very, very lonely. She's got a replacement nemesis, potentially, in mm -hmm. Brad. But not a replacement uh, best bud, so... Uh, unless, unless for the first couple of episodes, Brad is the nemesis until they become befriending of one another, and then Brad becomes the new confidant. Because if he does have latent homosexual feelings for Harvey then it could be gay best friend time. Sabrina, we've seen, can be very forward-thinking show. Are they going to be a polycule? That's what I want to know. Mm -hmm. So, Lindsay Sloan, we thank you. So, yeah, regrettably, uh, thank you very much, Lindsay Sloan. You've been simply a wonderful addition to the cast. And the last season in particular, you've been, you know, you've been really great. Um, you know, Valerie's been such a remarkable character to watch over the past um, past season we've just done. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a shame to really... I mean, I guess she reached her her end game really you know she got more popular and confident in herself but yeah it is, is a shame to, to see the back of her but um i guess i mean really the the biggest shame is that these characters leave us with absolutely nothing i mean yeah their names are mentioned from time to time but they just leave just nothing but a poof and that's it they, they just go and we're supposed to get over it but uh yeah it's a shame that they just vanish it's not it a real is. Goodbye. It's quite like life when you you never know when the last time you're going to see someone is or talk to them. And they just sort of disappear. Yeah, <clears throat> but you know, like last season, it's like Lindsay Sloan, how you've grown, and now it's Lindsay Sloan. Now you've gone. <laughs> so, uh... Sharing an Eiffel Tower apartment with new dad, new Gale, Melvin the real dog, and a supposedly half-brother Donald, uh, she's already having a terrible time with no one to talk to, and a deadbeat dad who forgot to enrol her in school. They call merde. <laughs> well, uh, my surprise was the fact that the dog didn't talk. Un chien mortel. <laughs> Uh, and there is Graham, our French correspondent. <laughs> She's trying to write a letter to Harvey about how great Paris is, but she doesn't have the heart to. She was writing the fact that her apartment's in the Eiffel Tower. That's not a thing. She she can't tell tell him about the view because the view is from the Eiffel Tower and she can't be living in the Eiffel Tower. So she can't tell Harvey because she's in a witchiness. Yeah, that's place. but she just says that the cheese is great. The cheese is great. I'll give her that. There somebody. There used to be. There used to be an apartment in the Eiffel Tower, and some guy who really hated the Eiffel Tower like got his apartment there because it was the one place in Paris where he couldn't see it or something like that. That's, what? That sounds I familiar. Think, I think that was the thing. Yeah. So maybe they've got his old gaff. <laughs> yeah. Someone put an apartment in the Eiffel Tower because they couldn't stand to see the Eiffel Tower. Correct. She says, um, you know, it's good to be in a country where um, bathing is considered a personality quirk. Yes. Yeah. Is what she says. It's like. Yeah. Where the what? What country? What country is is known for perfume, guys? Paris, France, France. Yeah, 
you know, so... Yeah, somebody, somebody on the, the staff at Sabrina, possibly multiple people, really have it in for France. <laughs> Not just the South, like Chris, the whole, con- the whole country. The whole damn country. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm yeah. just I'm just glad that she didn't move to Nice or Bordeaux, otherwise I would have walked out. Yeah. Meanwhile, back at Westbridge, Harvey is mortified and mourning Sabrina's departure. He's even worn the same shirt for four days now. Miss Buttoned. Miss, yeah. So, who's not bathing now? Yeah, the American, so. Yeah. But Nate Richer, so maybe Nate he's... Richer, but Harvey Kinkle, as we know, is Slovenian. Oh, yeah, so, that's uh, true, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. He's, in, he's, he's a Sloven Lee as well, <laughs> yes. but... Uh, so nice. He really should be nice. bathing, but yeah. So no, the, the, thanks, you appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate like, it. He, like, he yeah. uh, straight over his fat Slovenian head. fat head. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Slovenian, Slovenly. Oh right. Okay. Uh, oh, it was too clever for him. That's oh, what that's what it is. Yeah, it was yeah, too yeah. clever for his fat head. Too good for me. <laughs> <laughs> However, when Sabrina checks in on him via the premium package of the Mortal Channel, my ad boys, uh, he's laving his socks off. Literally, uh, because how little did she know, it was because he was being tickled by Mr. Kraft. Yes, having his feet tickled by Mr. Kraft. And, yes. um, you know, Mr. Kraft, player manager, um, stepping in to, to temp. He does mention he's temping uh, in that lesson. He's doing supply work. So, uh, you know, f- f- fair play to him. Back at home, and Hilda and Zelda can't stop crying. And to make matters worse, they spill all of their potions, and it turns them into penguins. Obviously, when they come to, they are in hysterics, which happens to be the exact time Sabrina tunes in on the Mortal Channel, so she's convinced that they don't miss her. And uh, it's worth knowing, Caroline Ray does a great impression of a penguin. Yeah, an unbelievable one, if you will. Yeah, I mean, I believed it. Uh, That's what I'm saying, it's unbelievable. You believed it. Yeah, fired. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> then she hears that Salem is crying, but it's only because the drapes don't match the carpet. The drapes don't match the new comforter for the bed. Uh, yes. 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 Also known as a duvet. And uh, it, it, that's what he's uh, getting emo- really uh, emotional about. But then uh, Sabrina's obviously like, "Well, fuck them all! I'm just going to turn off the mortal channel. They're already over me." So she tries to kind of make do with her life in France. But then it turns out that. Yeah, Salem's just taking all his tears and his anger out on these drapes because it turns out he he does miss his his Sabrini. Yeah, yeah, like Houdini. Yeah, yeah. he was magic, wasn't he? He was. He was. Yeah, yeah. but Sabrini. Yeah. Um, Sabrina confides in her dad about everything, and when she mentions Britney Spears, he just magics her in, and she starts doing her classic Britney miming to one of her greatest hits. Which remind me, what is it, Graham? Open brackets. You drive me. Close brackets. Crazy. That is right. So, uh, yeah, and she starts just singing this and doing a little dance and miming with a yeah, little the uh, trademark worst, Britney, Britney head mic. The worst dance routine. Uh, not much not effort much there effort whatsoever. Because we've got a subsequent scene, obviously, where um, where Sabrina is dancing with Britney mm-hmm. and it's supposed to be, oh, God, look how awful she is. You can't really tell the difference. <laughs> and also, um, the heel slap, which uh, Melissa Joan Hart does actually... Quite impressed me as well. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, pretty pre- pretty nifty, and I'm a good judge of I'm a good judge of uh, dance moves. So, yeah, you uh, certainly are. Yeah. yeah, you 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 have been known to throw some shapes in your time. Like, exactly. So um, yeah, uh, I mean, I guess you know that was that, that was what was trendy at the time, and obviously it was dancing that you had to do, not in this case, but it theoretically had to do while singing as well. Mm-hmm. So, on our last episode, we tied it in with. Um, uh, with with the the actual film uh, sort of chat that we did about you drive me crazy oh sorry sorry 
drive me crazy. Yes. I get confused about the title. This episode was released one week before the theatrical release of Drive Me Crazy. That makes a fuck ton of sense. <laughs> that <laughs> makes so much sense. A last drive before the, the, um, the film actually opens. That's, yes, this was released exactly one week before. Very smart on the part of... Yeah. Uh, the well, well done marketing. Yes, very oh, smart absolutely. on the part of the marketers of Melissa Joan Hart. <laughs> yeah, to, uh, I see what it was. Have all that, um, yeah. Kind of. Can you just repeat that? That might be our new vocal warm up before we start recording. Very smart on the part of the marketers of Melissa Joan Hart. Uh, Brittany yeah. offers some great advice, and Sabrina decides that she doesn't want to run away from her problems, so she goes to tell her dad about wanting to move back home. But he puts the plan in action first, as a bloody civil war has broken out on Pluto, and he's a uh, he's Got to go and fight in it. So no, no, no. no he's, he, he's he's like a negotiator. Yeah, like, yeah. He's a diplomat. He's, yes, diplomat. exactly. Okay. My question though is this: Do we think this civil war on Pluto was the start of it not become being a planet anymore? Maybe. Oh, yeah. Oh. And if that is the case, Salem's to blame. Yeah. Salem Spoilers, is to blame sorry. for it it's turning just into a, a. Is it just a star? No, it's a rock. A rock. No, it's a it's a planetoid. Is it, yeah, planetoid. That's planetoid. It's yeah, planet. Yes. Mm. Well, I mean, I mean, this could have been the start of it. You know, maybe it was a planet, and then this war broke out and gradually chipped it away, and you know, and then it just gets smaller. That's planetoid. just it. Yeah. yeah. No, that's not what. No, the, the, civil <laughs> the war, war was so so devastating, it eroded most of the planet, <laughs> and now it's not big enough to be considered one anymore. That's, that's what it was. That, I mean, that's that exactly sounds pretty likely. Yeah. Right? I mean, who's to say the civil war has stopped? You know, at, at, at some point, you know, things go out in the news. Just because people are sick of covering them, it doesn't mean they're well, not there true. anymore. That's it, so yeah. we could not even be there anymore. We wouldn't know. Phil, I think you need to call Neil deGrasse Tyson and just ask oh, him. Oh, no, no, we don't need to call Neil deGrasse Tyson. Um, <laughs> just just ask him. Just ask him. Can we ask a scientist who's not a sex pest? <laughs> yeah. um, no, they all are. Oh, okay. Well, despite having Cox in his name, I think Brian Cox is all right. Yeah, yeah, I think so. He's, he sounds like a sex pest, though. <laughs> he does. <laughs> you see... Right there, I in the en- vast space. I'm not a sex pest. I just enjoy a big bang. But, um, <laughs> yeah, um... And if you just look through the telescope, you'll see Teddy Spellman doing his best <laughs> to negotiate the Pluto deals. Between the North Plutonians and the South Pluto. Um, things can only get better. So Ed, Ted, Sergeant Spellman, whatever he likes to be called, uh, he goes off to Pluto to go and sort out this uncivil civil war. Uh, Sabrina arrives home to find a surprise party waiting for her. And when she tells Zelda that the civil war on Pluto is irresponsible, um, she quizzes Salem on what he knows. Uh, He spills the beans about arranging the war to be carried out and gets rewarded with a thick salmon fillet. All these years of warmongering, and this is the first time anyone's ever said thank you. Yeah, so... I mean, yeah, it's kind of, yeah, living, you know, living the life of, like, Tony Blair or somebody, where, yeah, <laughs> rewarded for war crimes. He made a few calls of people he knew. I mean, I, I don't know if this was a case of someone just going, psst, here's some gossip, or, which is most likely, I think people just blew shit up. Oh, yeah, yeah I reckon, yeah. He's, yeah. reckon he's got, you know, he's got friends in the uh, Sharon uh, liberation movement, yeah. Sharon being Pluto's moon, you see. Yeah. Um, yeah, who could, you know, maybe, maybe get, you know, maybe... Sort of, yeah. Start some, start some bombs going off and things, and maybe blame some other people who blame some other people, and then before you know it, it's war. So there's a war. I mean, first of all, what is it good for? Well, clearly, getting Sabrina back home. Yeah. Um. And we will the death of millions. Yep. All worth it. <laughs> we are setting up, uh, setting up a just giving page. Uh, 
for victims of the Pluto Civil War. Um, so uh, you know, let's let's get let's get Pluto back to being a planet. Sabrina returns to school with Harvey clinging onto her with every inch of his being. And when he speaks to Brad about being nice to Sabrina, it just turns out that, for now at least, he's just a bit of a dick. Uh, speaking of dicks, Mr. Kraft goes to terrorise Sabrina, and before he can, she just makes him dance to, open brackets, you drive me, close brackets, crazy, in the corridor. Uh, what are you all looking at? Haven't you ever seen anyone get jiggy before? He's Great sick. stuff. Martin Mull, gifted physical comedian. Great seeing him dancing to open brackets. He drives me close brackets crazy. Yes. Not only that, the way in which he's dancing, it clearly makes it seem he's doing it out of. He's being forced to do it. He, yes, he's yes, very. He, it's it's an it's amazing skill to have. Yeah. It's an amazing yeah. skill to have. He looks like he's not in control of his own body. Yeah, yeah. he like looks it. like a marionette. Couldn't yeah, couldn't preconceive just how funny it was going to be. How funny he can be. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, we then, before the episode ends, we make a quick stop in the parking lot for the Britney Spears concert, where Britney gives Sabs a kind of horrified. Kind of, um, surreal no, glance. Yeah, no. It. Harvey says it's. Oh my God, she looked at you as if she knew you. I saw it as she's looking at you like you're her stalker. Like, what are you doing here? Well, I think it's like because doesn't Serena say something about dreams can come true or something like that? Yeah. So Brittany presumably presumed she had a dream where she suddenly ended up in some apartment in the Eiffel Tower talking to some random girl. And then she sees said girl IRL after a show, so she's like, the fuck, man? Yeah, that's what and it then is. she's quite oh, okay. horrified. Yeah. But of course, not as terrified as Mr. Kraft, who is seemingly still dancing uh, to, you know, open brackets, you drive me close brackets crazy, uh, being, you know, following Britney. Uh, but this time he's begging to be shot. Also, one can only assume then that considering he's coming out of the stage door... Britney hired him as one of his one of her backing dancers. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I would prefer to see Mr. Kraft dancing on stage during the credits, opposed to what we actually get, uh, which is just a bit of the music video. Depart. Smart on the part of the marketing department of Melissa Joan, Joan Hart. Hart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the song just playing with with uh, our Sabs and uh, Mr. Adrian. Uh, Adrien Grenier. Grenier, that's how you Apologies say it. to any actual French people listening to this. I'm not <laughs> French at all, as you can probably tell by my terrible pronunciations. So yeah, this movie was released one week before the actual release of the movie. I guess to get people hyped, you know, to go and see a movie that they wouldn't otherwise see. Uh, and it's a bit weird, really, because I guess Sabrina is aimed at, you know, teenagers, and this is a film that, you know, it's not typically aimed at them. It, it, it was a 15, wasn't it? Yeah, hmm. I mean, there's yeah, there's nothing. Well, there's nothing that kind of sure, kind of wild in it. I thought it was more of a sort of a raunchy film than it actually. Well, there's bitch. turned out being, but there are words which we consider kind of bad now. Like it's amazing how like common like the use of the word slut was. Like it's in Gilmore Girls and yeah. stuff. It's just mm. everywhere. Mm. Um, maybe it would have been a, a at least a TV four, not TV fourteen because it's a film, but a uh, you know a, a fourteen yeah. in uh, American ratings. <laughs> And there we go, the end of our season opener of season four, titled There's No Place Like Home. Uh, one thing to note, boys, is this is the first season opener not to establish an overarching storyline. How do we feel about this? Well, I, I was going to answer that with my next statement. The reason why it doesn't have an overarching thing for the rest of the season was because it was a, basically a 25-minute advertisement for the film. If the release of the film was halfway through the run, they would have put this halfway through the run. Mm. But it isn't. I don't know. It's not, it's not much. that much. But yeah, because yeah. like I mean, you know, like you could have, as they indeed have had, the Backstreet Boys and and Sync, you know, cameo. Um, yeah, like Britney's cameo wasn't any different to that really. The only difference was 
that they showed the video clip at the end, but I think the episode itself was pretty run-of-the-mill, but uh, yeah, I think I think it was kind of scene-setting. It's just we're not going to yeah. get an overarching story. It, we just, yeah, we know that Brad is there. We don't know what his deal is, if him and Sabrina are going to be friends, if he's going to be sort of the new nemesis and he's going to come between Sabrina and Harvey. Uh, we don't know what uh, havoc Mr. Kraft could wreak in his new yeah, role. Yeah. So yeah, there's, there's, there's things set up. There's, there's questions that are, you know, scenarios that are playing around in our heads leading yeah. to potentially things. But uh, yeah, at the moment, there's nothing like, obviously, season one, oh my gosh, she's got some witching yeah. powers. Season two, she's got to get her witch's license. And season three, obviously, about the family secret. So yeah, I guess it's just putting some things out there and it's up to us about how, how we interpret them, I guess, going into the rest of the yeah. season. And also there's Will She See Valerie again. No. Um, and, <laughs> Sorry, love. And no. if so, what will she do without her? Will she find a new best friend? So even though things have changed around us, cast are gone, and we've got new kit in front of our faces, there are some things we'll continue to do, like as always. Like our scoring, for example. Uh, so at the end of each episode, we like to review our episodes in a set amount of criteria. Uh, that particular criteria gets all scored on numbers, and we add them all up, and that is the rating we give for the episode. So the ratings we give are based on magic, wit, creativity, and say it with me, boys, for season four. Progression. So, boys, first of all, magic. Just how magic was this episode? I'm I'm going to jump straight into this one. I'm going to say there was uh, a couple of running throughout spells, like the, the smiles. Uh, there was the suitcases. There was Dad in a box. There was, there was, there was uh, Dad the, in a the, box. The, there was the appearance of Britney Spears. Which, which is, is always, always magical. magical. Which yeah. is always magical. So, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say there was anything... Uh, glaringly over the top magic wise I'd say it was a comfortable magic rating but you know because it's season four I feel like I should give it a four what about wit how funny or you know how well written was this episode yeah I mean generally speaking it was yeah it was like it was physical comedy of of, of Martin Moore um and to a lesser extent Melissa Joan Hart but I was actually quite impressed by her dancing so two yeah two seems pretty fair two uh, creativity didn't lay down as many um like breadcrumbs as they normally do in season mm -hmm. openers as we were just discussing mm. and viewing it as a standalone episode which is what we said we were doing yeah i don't think there's anything massively kind of creative you know the magic was fairly run-of-the-mill yeah I'd, I'd maybe say another two well i'll take two and finally progression well uh, you know in terms of progression we we we, we know where valerie's gone yeah. yeah, we know where Libby's, gone. Where Libby's where gone. She's gone. Yeah, you know. So in terms of progression of those characters, now obviously they are dead to us, um, but we we know where they've gone. Yeah. So I think we we should reward for that additional bit of progression. Probably the biggest. Well, well, yeah. Those characters obviously moving on is is a big thing. So they're a big part of the show, but also um, kind of Ted being established as a bit of a deadbeat dad yeah that's a, that's a new thing like you know it wasn't really held against him that he wasn't around or that you know he had a new life with a new woman or anything in fact obviously previous episode was about sabrina learning to live with the fact that her dad you know had a had a new wife and everything so um yeah i'd say that's a pretty big bit of progression so yeah, yeah obviously the introduction of brad he's a very mysterious character that yeah. I'm, I'm eager to find out more about so that's progression yeah. in terms of the show we might have lost a new characters but we've got uh got an, a, a really intriguing one that's connected to harvey more than sabrina and i think which is yeah. a, a slight little twist on it a lot has changed yeah so that might even put it may even put it as okay. i i reckon i reckon four because two like mainstay characters gone uh, one new one introduced, another one not only re 
cast in terms of the actor playing him, but also kind of his role seems to be as a kind of a bit more of a. It wasn't a proper like Fresh Prince, you know, why don't he want me, man? Moment, yeah, yeah. but it was kind of a bit of like he's probably not like the you know sort of the most reliable dad. You know, he's a bit he's a bit bit fighty, a bit like uh, yeah. Nicole's dad in Drive Me Crazy. Yes, we got it right there. So that's four for magic, two for wit, two for creativity. A four for progression. So, Chris, our uh, human magical embossed uh, calculator, please add up all those scores and tell us what does There's No Place Like Home, episode one of season four, score out of 20. 12. Nice average score, but not as good or as, as rememberable, really, as uh, the other season openers we've had, particularly um, season two, you know, you know, you know, the way you really open up a season of a new show is to throw a living room at a train. We all know that by now. Uh, anyway, season two... Uh, Anyway, episode two of season four uh, is called Dream a Little Dreamer Me. Mm, dream a Little Dreamer Me. Um, what do you think this episode is all about? Oh, it's not another Sandman episode, is it? Dreamer, not Dream of. Dreamer. Dreamer Me. Um, so it's another sleep-related one. Yes, uh, so some, yes, something is going on in, in a... Dreamland. Dream. Maybe dreams t- have a bit more of an elevated significance in the magic world. Maybe things you do in your dreams can actually affect... Um, what is this, Freddy Krueger? Yeah, kind of like a Freddy Krueger type deal. Like, nice. yeah, things you do in your dreams can actually affect real life. Um, so Sabrina wakes up the uh, the ghost of Freddy Krueger and then he tears through Westbridge killing unsuspecting teenagers. Could be. About the right age now, 18-year-olds. You know, they can do they can do they can do sexy things. Well, that, well that, 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 that's kind of like the thing of horror films, isn't it? They're always teenagers, but they're always like kind of like the older end of teenagers. They're kind of like yeah, always the youngest it can possibly be without it being paedophilia, which is a bit weird. Um, okay. well, anyway, was... moving on. So, <laughs> Phil, what is it? Sadly, it's not about Freddy Krueger or sex, unfortunately for you, Graham. Uh, Sabrina learns that she is to mentor the new witch in town, who happens to be the new girl at school, Dreamer. She catches the eye of Brad, who reveals his true intentions. Latent homosexual feelings. <laughs> oh, maybe. Dreamer is a boy. No, who knows? Oh, so Dreamer's a new witch in town that Sabrina has to mentor and is going to become her best friend. She's going to be the new girl in school, Aww. yeah. Who actually has witching powers, so don't know how I feel about that. It's just a matter of time before we'll see what kind of gal our dreamer is and what kind of bloke our mate Brad is. So is he a witch hunter or does he just fancy Harvey? He fancies Harvey and he fancies he's a witch yeah, yeah. hunter. Both, both. I think that's it's it. both. Yeah, both. Yeah, uh, that's progression, that is. You know, uh, yes, yeah. a, a, a person of a homosexual tendency in the late 90s also has a job. Yeah. Well, that just about does it for our first episode of season four. Thank you so much for not only listening to this one and hopefully enjoying it, but sticking with us uh, for the past three seasons. I know we've not released much other than our bonus episode on uh, Drive Me Crazy, which you should check out if you haven't already. Uh, but yeah, for just just joining us again for uh, season four, our regularly scheduled programming. Uh, we have missed doing this and uh, you know I hope you continue to follow us for the rest of the show's run. I am Mr. Phil Dean. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, I'd like to thank my uh, closest wonderful colleagues. is Mr. Graham Riley. You're welcome. And Christopher Evans. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. 
so as you know, there are uh, numerous ways that you can help give back to our show. We give the show for free, but there are a couple of free ways that you can, um, you know, sort of repay us for our wonderful show that we, again, we hope you enjoy. Uh, first of all, why don't you head to iTunes and give us a five-star review? Uh, typically, that's how uh, podcasts get noticed and, you know, the uh, more and better reviews we get, the chances are of getting our show a bit more identified and, and uh, you know, spread the word of our show. So go to iTunes and give us a wonderful five-star review. You can also follow us on Twitter. We are at Sabrina Watch. Likewise, we are on Facebook. Uh, we are Sabrina the Teenage Watch. Um, I promise I will post on both of those things more regularly for season four. That's my New Year's resolution. I think it was last year as well. <laughs> of course, I did fuck all about it. Um, and uh, if you would like to give something uh, of monetary value back to the show, then uh, why don't find us on our coffee page? Uh, you can just donate something as you know the amount of a small coffee or many small coffees. Uh, if you would like to give back anything to uh, to us, go to our coffee page. It's www.coffee. That's K-O hyphen F-I dot com forward slash Sabrina the Teenage Watch. Oh, well, boys, sorry, that was a quite lengthy, but uh, thankfully for this uh, episode, uh, this season opener, rather, there's only one last thing to say. May every little thing you do be, be magic. magic. There was so much blood. It was everywhere. This is not a funny matter, Christopher. There was so much blood. It was everywhere. Each groove along his fingers and thumbs were dripping in crimson, viscous blood. And it was showing no signs of stopping. Everyone around him was screaming, faces frozen in terror, having just seconds ago showing signs of blissful elation. Every single eye was drawn towards him, covered in blood, inches away from a now seemingly lifeless body. Time stood still for what felt like eternity. Seb. Yes, hi. I would like you to play the role of our lead character. Oh, what? That's a lot of pressure. <clears throat> okay, what accent has he got? Who is Well, he? tell me everything. Lead yeah. character is... Uh, Inspector Girth, or... <laughs> Carry on, murder. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm Inspector Girth. I'll inspect your girth, love. Bloody hell. <laughs> okay. Let me just get the circumference of the matter. <laughs> So, yeah, Inspector Peter Girth. I'm glad you got the joke. Uh, <laughs> Inspector Peter Girth. <laughs> Girth, yeah. Inspector Girth. He's an old copper. He's just retired. In fact, he's on, he's on his first week of retirement. Um, bit of a mumbling sort of guy. He's got a bit of a moustache going on, I think. Oh, okay. Very portly. Very sort of just... He's got a, what, he's got a girth. Yeah, he has, he has okay. got a girth on him, yeah. So um, so just retired. So he's like 55, 65? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, a little bit older. It's up to you. Northern, Southern? Um, I think I think uh, is your character Phil? Where's he from? I think I think he's from the north. I think from the north. Yeah, from north. From north. I'm right. Inspector Girth. I'm old and I'm from the north. Right. Am I tired like this, or that... am I more authoritative like this? <laughs> I think the. Who you think you are? Is your, is your character? <laughs> I think I think um, being a bit uh, authoritative. He, yeah. Okay, not not like oh, that was my last week of retirement and. Now I'm back on bloody train, getting murdered. <laughs> All right, so he's more authoritative. Authoritative, okay. So I'll, uh, what I'll do is I'll, I'll repeat the last little bit. So 
Every single eye was drawn towards him, covered in blood, inches away from a now seemingly lifeless body. Time stood still for what felt like eternity. But I cracked it. The case, I cracked it, uttered the man, fearful, anxious, doomed. Yes, you did, said the mysterious blonde woman. But if there's not a fire, then there's no bloody need to punch it, is there? The casing says break in the event of emergencies only. She was right. The man had only swallowed a dry roasted peanut, but Peter Girth felt it was necessary to twat that emergency box (laughs) with all of his might, hoping it would lead to instant resuscitation and appreciation. And, of course, a complimentary beverage from the trolley. I'm sorry, madam, but as a member of Her Majesty's police, it's my duty to help those in need. Peter bellowed. Shall I do it again and bellow? Yeah, do it <laughs> again and bellow. I didn't really bellow that. I'm not really ahead. I was told not to. <laughs> I'm sorry, madam, but as a member of the Majesty's Police, it's my duty to help those in need. Peter bellowed. No matter the danger, no matter the cost. Well, as a member of the Leighton Orient Express cabin crew, it's my duty to throw any disruptive and dangerous passengers off this train. She was right. A man had only swallowed a dry roasted peanut, but Peter Girth felt it was necessary to twat that emergency box with all his might, causing the train to knacker its brakes and come to a complete stop in the middle of the snow-drowned January countryside. And of course, a complimentary beverage was completely out of the question. The least you can do is mop up your blood, sir. You're dripping it onto a children's backpack. (laughs) Peter Girth looked down, aghast of the multiplying mess he continued to make. And unfortunately for him, not even the image of Postman Pat caked in a police officer's blood could raise a smile. It had already dried on poor Jess. Nice. Hang on, can I just clarify something yep. at this at this juncture? Inspector Peter Girth... Inspector Girth to his friends. Inspector Girth to his friends. Call or, me Girth. Or, or Girthy, <laughs> if you will. Yeah, yeah indeed. Um, he's the one bleeding after smashing an emergency box because a bloke was choking on a peanut. Yes, I believe he twatted the box. <laughs> he, twatted, <laughs> he twatted the box. I do apologise. Yeah. I, I just needed that clarification. No, no, no that's good. No, that, that sort of clarification yeah. that we need. Yes, he saw a man um, uh, choking on a peanut. And, and, he, and he rather was... than doing the Heimlich manoeuvre, he twatted the emergency stop box. Well, it says in case breaking curse of emergency, we, we crap the case and that's it. And... It, was a clever, it was a clever way of introducing us to this world. Yeah, indeed. But, there was blood everywhere. He'd yeah. already cracked the case. And, and he was bleeding onto a small child's backpack, which had a picture of Postman Pat and Jess on it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I did a, a little... Well, I didn't really attempt to do a voice. I just did a slightly softer version of yeah, my I voice. Yeah, I was expecting you to go, Chris, can you be the woman? Uh, well, no, well, you, you've, I've got a role for you later oh, on. Oh, oh yeah. God, that's sinister. Oh, oh, I've got a role for you, son. Get your pants oh. down. So, well, yeah, we're introducing to... <laughs> That was me. That was Girth, not me. No, that was. That's worse. 